Hey, I'm Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. Welcome to another installment of Box Number Five Soul Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I am your co-host Aeon, and I'm the Lioness. So we took a little break to celebrate Thanksgiving holiday. So we we didn't put out an episode last week. So we're just going to start with some life updates. Uh, sis, how about you start? How was your holiday? My holiday was fine. Um, you know, it was not without its adventure, as all road trips can be. Um, excuse me, guys. I'm, I'm sorry. On my way to Florida, or on our way back from Florida, um, we did a socially distant Thanksgiving. The only person we really saw was his mom. And so, um, shout out to Lady Jane Turner, my mother-in-law. Love you, love you, love you lots. Um, but yeah, um, the trip was fine. On the way back, though, we ran across this store called, it's called Bucky's, bitch. And if you live in Georgia, y'all probably know what I'm talking about. It's like this new mega superstore that's like, think like a Walmart with a gas station attached with over 200 pumps and, it, and 28, 28, 28 stalls in each bathroom, bitch. Like, this is like the mega casino for COVID. And um, on the way back, I made the mistake of getting off on that exit and getting going into that store. And I literally, girl, I'm not even lying to you. It looked like we were at a Braves game or like something at the end, something at the dome. That's how many people were in this parking lot. And when we went in, when I went inside, I literally had a panic attack and almost died because there were no masses and people were elbow to elbow. You like... And mind you, this is, so we came back on Saturday. So this is Saturday, like evening on the way back. And it was so packed full of people, girl. It was scary. The parking lot was packed full of people. It, it gave, the crowd gave NASCAR tees. And I was just so disappointed. I was like, we have to do better as a people and, and all that jazz. And I just want us to do better. Um, that made me nervous though, because I know that the rates are so high. So that made me nervous for the holidays. And, and I know for those of you who follow me on Facebook, I've been doing a lot of talking about going to see my parents and me missing them. And I miss them, but the results were so, I mean, but just seeing how bad the COVID is and how people are so careless, I just don't want to subject them to anything. So it's making me really question whether or not that's just a good option. So I'm already kind of like de-escalating in my mind what I wanted to do for Christmas this year with my family. I'm going to heed the results, bitch, because when I saw those people not wearing masks, and it, in general here in Georgia, there's an absence of masks. I know Lil Wayne threw a party for his daughter, Regine, and there was absolutely no mask in the building, bitch. So just in general, I don't know what my state's going through, but I just feel like a lot of us are going to just really have to die before they really just even try to make a, ma- a mask mandate, bitch. So hopefully, you know, I, by Christmas, I'll have, I, I don't know. I just, I just want you to know, guys, that we got to do better as a people. And yeah, girl, that was my Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, guys. 
My allergies are acting up today. Please forgive me. But yeah, Thanksgiving in Florida was wonderful. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thanksgiving in Florida was wonderful. And yeah, I, I just wish that we would do better with the mask. What about you, girl? How was yours? Um, my Thanksgiving was really peaceful. So I was by myself for Thanksgiving, which is kind of what I wanted. So I was able to play my music, burn my oils. Um, you know, talk. I even though I didn't have any company, I was able to talk on the phone to folks, and um, I cooked my food. I ate my two plates, honey. I watched. I watched a lot of movies on Netflix, and I just relaxed. Uh, just want to give a shout out to my sister Paige, who um caught the train down from Baltimore, and um, we got to spend some time together this weekend our birthday oh, shout out to her so um my birthday is on the second and then her birthday is on the third so um we usually we celebrate our birthdays together but um because so of speaking of december 2nd what are you gonna do for your birthday bitch i'm, I'm probably gonna wait till the weekend to do something like because it's really it's really we really can't do anything so, but, you know, I've just been, like, buying myself stuff. So I bought myself a new Michael um, Kors purse, and I got a monogram, and I bought some Juvia's Place makeup. Work. I- Let me know how that goes, sis. Now, I am fascinated with that makeup. I really want to wean myself off of that, these brands, and that's Black-owned, so I'm kind of excited, girl. What is, have you tried it? What is it given? Well, I haven't painted my face yet. If, if time allows tomorrow, I'll paint myself, you know, for my birthday. And then, you oh, know. you haven't even, like, done a base coat on it yet. Like, you really no, no, I just, you know, I'm just looking at the packaging and just, I'm waiting for the right time to, like, really test it out, but... So far, it it looks nice. The packaging looks nice. Um, I also bought me a new iPad for my birthday. Congratulations! Yeah, but I really want to use the iPads um f- for when we start um recording our videos of the show because I don't know. I feel like my camera on my MacBook, I don't like it, and it's just like, why does the camera on my laptop look look worse than the front facing camera on my phone? Ain't that it? And that shows you just how bad they tried to keep up with technology so that the, the laptops are matching the phones. Because now your phones are way better than your laptop. Right. And that, that doesn't make any sense to me. So I thought I would, you know, treat myself to a laptop. So I really, I wanted to buy me like a cake from like a black owned bakery, but yes. I'm trying to start this new diet where I am eliminating like sweets and sugars and oh. water. So you know, I'm uh, I'm trying to give myself at least December, like giving owing owing it to myself at least for my birthday month to like eat differently. So as bad as I want a cake, as bad as I want some juice, um, I decided not to get the cake. But I just been buying myself, you know, just treating myself to stuff. I bought me a new like um, <clears throat> excuse me, a new um winter rim breaker. So I just you know, though I can't celebrate and party like I have in the past. Just I'm just buying myself, you know, little things that I like and um, treating myself to stuff. I did get to talk to my mom over the break for an update on the a show that we did a couple of weeks ago where I talked about something I was going through with my mom. And I'm happy to say that we're on the right page again. We were able Yay. to a lot of stuff and put a lot of stuff on the table. And knowing my mom, she's the type of person she, you know, she wants to make the relationship work. So 
Um, I'm just happy that we're at a we're at a place where we one connected and you know we are able to talk. And I'm per- I'm pretty sure I'm going to hear from her actually at midnight tonight because she all she always calls me on the at midnight for my birthday to wish me mm-hmm. a happy. Um, but yeah, other than that, I've just been chilling and I, t- I took an extra day off on Monday just to have a day to myself. So today is like my first day back at work. So I'm just trying to get through the stretch and make it to, to Christmas break. Um, really want to travel, but like these numbers keep going up and I just, like, I just don't want to be irresponsible. And as bad as I want to go, as bad as I want to travel and get away, to me, it's just not worth it. It's not It's not worth it. Um, I do. I want to see the curve go down. I want to see us come on the other side of it. But um, I don't know. And, and in Georgia, I feel like Georgia's not even a part of the United States, honey, because y'all, <laughs> Georgia is just, it's like COVID don't exist <laughs> down there, honey. Okay. I mean, no, for real, sis, it's gagging to me. It is gagging and it's not getting worse. It's not getting, it's not getting better as the numbers are rising. They're not like, it's not like before where you were seeing the closing of businesses or any type of slowdown. As a matter of fact, they had a game. I mean, no, not not the game. They had the Mike Tyson um, match where um, Jake Paul beat up the other little man, unfortunately. But anyway, girl, that match happened. And when I tell you there wasn't a sports bar in a 10-mile radius that wasn't slam-packed full of people to out spilling in the parking lot. Like Atlanta, like people are now using any opportunity to be outside. And unfortunately, it's like a long freak meet that don't want to be over. Except the difference is, is now it's a lot of homeless people wandering the streets as well. So it's just really, really not a great time. Y'all, I wish Atlanta, like Atlanta, we got to do better. This is scary because we're trying to get gear up to now elect some, elect these um, senators. And, you know, we're trying to make change in this city. And it's like, y'all, we have to be here and alive and healthy for that to happen. And it's only a matter of time. And every day they announce how close our um, hospitals are to overfilling. And I'm like, it's only a matter of time before it's just a masses of niggas dying. And I just feel bad because this is something, it's not necessarily avoidable in the sense that you're guaranteed not to get it. But you, ha- but if you can lower your risk, it's no reason why so many people that are going to be affected are going to be affected. But it's because, you know, there's clubs like the compound that has a pool in the middle of it that are still having parties every Friday. Like, it's just insane. And so just shout out to Atlanta. I'm praying for us. Also, sis. Um, congratulations on your birthday, girl. How old will you be? 32. 30 fucking two, bitch. So, so because this is the episode before your birthday and the viewers won't hear from you again until after the celebration, what did you learn in 32 years? Like, if you had to give me like a quick, what are your pearl of wisdom that you tell yourself that you learned this year? What did you learn? Uh, I definitely feel like 32 was uh, definitely a year about me honoring the voice within. I definitely feel, well, not 32, just this past year being 31. Honoring this voice, the voice that's within and, and listening to it and trusting myself and listening to my body more. Uh, like when you had that little voice deep down inside you that is really representative of how you really feel about situations, be having the courage or having a skill to communicate that and not waiting until mm. the, the world happens to say something. 
Now, what's the difference between 32 and 22? If 32-year-old self had to talk 10 years ago, let's take it a decade, what would 32 tell 22? Uh, that I don't, girl, to be honest, the early 20s were a blur, but I know, like, thematically, 22 was just about being cunt. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's more to, I think, at the, so I think 22 is when I graduated from Morgan, and I was definitely, like, into my cunt, into my fishness. And like I, I don't know, is more is more to life than being um kind. It's more to life than trying to emulate cis women. Like you, you have value as a trans person, and you don't need to hide it or you don't need to conceal it. Uh, also, with my my career, like there's no rush. Like it's going to be a winding road, and it's definitely been a winding road since I graduated from Morgan. Because what I what I what I'm doing now, I never thought I would was going to do when I graduated from Morgan, like in 2011. So it, you know, it's a winding it's a winding road. Everything is going to happen how it's supposed to happen. Um, I just need I just needed to be on a path to learning to accept me and learning to embrace me and learning to trust myself. And I guess you know, 31 has just been a ma- manifestation of me learning to trust myself, me learning to prioritize myself, me learning to um, value myself, and uh, and me learning to accept that I am a complex person to love, but I am still worthy of love. Um, I, and I don't want to characterize that I'm hard to love. I don't, I don't want to say that I'm hard to love, but I, I'm a complex person to love, but the person that's meant to love me, like, uh, romantically, or even, like, friendship or familial, like, you know, I'm worth getting to know so you can understand the complexities of who I am. Right, right. So, yeah, 30, so, like, in previous years leading up to my 30s, it was a lot of shedding, a lot of learned Mm -hmm. behavior. I feel like 31 is the first time where it's just like, okay, we're putting some new stuff into action. For sure. And I asked that because I know that I knew I knew that you were going to say some of those things. I think the common narrative in your 20s is it's, it's, it's not until you're actually in your 20s that you realize that the stuff that you were told about yourself don't don't apply. Those are all like because, you know, when you're a teenager, like the theme is belong, being same. And then the theme of 20s is discovering who you are as the individual. And for a lot of my for a lot of our viewers that are in their early 20s, I wanted Brianna to give y'all that beacon of hope that things can get better, that if you continue to live and evolve and just continue to keep living and keep pressing, that things can come a very long way. I know for a lot of us, the 20s were a blurry hell. And for those of you in the blurry hell, girl, I promise you, the things that are fucking with you right now at 22 that you think you'll never forget that will impact you forever, they will be blurry as shit by the time you're in your 30s. And, that, and Brianna's only 10 years out, and I'm almost, I'm, I'm, I'm getting closer to the, to the 20-year mark on that one. And I will say that you, it is never as serious as you think it is. So for those of our young listeners out there, we love you. Keep your head up. And keep living, baby. It gets better. For sure, for sure. Thank you for sharing that, Brianna, and happy birthday. 
Thank you. Shout out to all my Sagittarius. And you also share a brother with my birthday. Well, I mean, a, a, a birthday with my brother. So happy birthday, Marcus. I love you very, very much, baby brother. And, you know, I don't know if you listen to my podcast. I doubt it. But if you do, happy birthday. <laughs> so in keeping with personal updates, uh, I just want to, I know when we started our podcast, like it was very like relationship based because I was ending something and a lot of the topics seemed to originate out of that. But and then after that, I was in a space where I just wasn't interested in doing anything with when it came to men or dating or anything of that nature. For the past like week or so, like I've been opening up to entertaining like male energy, but I'm only interested in like starting with conversation and developing a friendship. Um, it part of what is bringing that on is like I'm not so I guess for like the past two or three weeks, like I haven't been hooking up with guys at all. And that's primarily due to the the COVID numbers rising, the COVID infections rising. And I just don't, I just don't want, I don't want to do anything that, that will result in me contracting anything. And I know when you are just hooking up with men, men have an incentive to lie to you if their ultimate goal is to have sex with you. That's just the reality of the situation. And to me, I'm willing to wait it out and to do other things because the the infection rates are real and I live in a metropolitan area. So, and I'm really, I'm concerned about my health. And what's been interesting about this time is it, it's made it crystal clear. Like I already knew, but it's made it crystal clear how a lot of these guys I come across don't prioritize their health, but that's a whole nother topic. Army is a single black trans woman. But yeah, nothing, you know, in the alternative, I have been open to like having like real authentic conversation with men um, and be possibly befriending them. Like I have not like I'm at a place where I'm open to that. That's what I'm looking for. But I will I will say that it's been so difficult to it hasn't been difficult to find men, but it has been difficult to getting men to um, agree to just interacting with me in, in a, on a friendship level. And it, it, it raises a lot of red flags. Like, well, one, like, what are you trying to hide from me? Or you, you know, there's no games, you know, sex is off the table, you know, us meeting up is off the table, but like, what do you, like, what are you trying to hide from me? Or why don't you have the capacity to do, to just be friends and get to know me? Like, why don't you, I don't know. It's just been, it's just been a difficult role, role. And it's been interesting seeing like men literally um, run for the hills when at least with my intention, um, it's been genuine. And then on the flip side, if the guy is not sexual, I'll meet these guys that want like these ready-made relationships or they instantly. And that's kind of why, you know, I don't, I'm not mad that I look the way I look, but I think when you, um, have some sort of passing privilege and when you date men and you interact with men, men look at you and they, it's like you complete this fantasy for to mm-hmm. them, especially mm-hmm. the more cis that you look. 
Mm-hmm. And it's instantly like, you going to be my girlfriend or you going to be my wife and you going to be in a relationship with me. And like, for me, like, I don't think it's discouraging to me because I know it's like, you know, finding what I want is like finding a needle in a haystack. And, you know, I just want to have to look a little longer, but it's overwhelming because mm-hmm. it's just like the, the guys just be on you. And it's like, so a lot of times I feel like, I don't feel like a human to these men. I feel like I'm a gang for them. I feel you. I feel you. But, you know, I'm not discouraged from for looking for friendship because I really want to get to know some to know somebody. I really want to get some, and I want somebody to get to know me. And for me, it's no rush. But it's just disheartening that, like, it's either instant sex or instant, I want, I want you to be my woman. And there's no um, in-between. Well, you know, I think what we were coming up with the topic today, and I, I, I guess we can go into that now. Um, like, I think what part of it is, is that, that you are exemplifying something that I've heard a lot of women talk about. But on the flip side, I've also heard a lot of men complaining. And these are probably the same type of men that are hitting you up. They they have gone through this process where they didn't think they were going to be able to find a girl that they would like, or they've been engaging with the community in a way that's very transactional. And then now because of the change in climate and the cultural climate that we're in, and because, um, you know, there's a now a more, there are more men coming forward that they like trans women. There are these men now that are looking to complete a puzzle without ever really doing any type of preparation or even self-analysis to figure out, is this something that I really want for a relationship? And more importantly, if I do want this, am I prepared to handle all of the other factors that come with this person? So what I'm noticing from a lot of the men that I counsel, yes, I do counsel a lot of men um, that are, that I consider men that are trying to be right by the, right by trans women. They are men that have been engaging with community, that want to get deeper in connection and relationship with community, but they don't know how to really engage. And the fucked up part about it is, is I would told many of my friends or the people that I um, counsel, I've taught, I've talked to a lot of my friends and what I say pretty much is along the lines of, I know you like trans women and I know you like us a lot, but you're not somebody right now that I would even recommend to one of my sisters because I wouldn't want to put them through what it would take to be in your life. And then they're usually like, damn, that's fucked up. What does that mean? And then I have to unpack for them how they move. I have to unpack for them the fact that they're not willing to assimilate this girl into their life. What is your strategy for making sure that, you know, you, you're, you're, you're going to meet her friends and be a part of her life. And then when we start talking about those things, they realize, oh, I've never really engaged with a trans person for real. I've been dealing with them for decades even, but I've never really engaged with them as a human being. And sis, what you're talking about is how a lot of these guys will then they'll meet a girl and now she meets, she checks off all of the boxes for them to be able to say, I could date a trans woman. But then because you have not ever learned how to emotionally connect to this community, you end up uh, uh, unfortunately putting yourself in a situation where you're coming to these girls and you're dumping your ready-made expectations on them. And then the friend zone that they try to place you in, especially because we're trans and people think sex is a gimme, they get mad about the friend zone. And now we bad. Now you don't want to call me anymore. You're not as engaged when I tell you that I don't want to fuck you right now. 
but I don't want you to be my man right now. I want to get to know you as a friend. And, you know, shout out to all of the girls out there like myself, whose husband started out as their friend. Men need to start reimagining the friend zone. What do you think, sis? I definitely think that men need to be open to actually be freaking trans women because the other side, because it's so overwhelming, it, it kind of is like a, I don't know, you, it, it kind of feels like another way of like fetishizing trans women. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, because, but, oh, you're so perfect. You're so beautiful. Like, I how? Kinda, how would you know that? I kind of feel like I don't get the chance to be human and mess up or make a mistake. Yes. And you somebody, put me on this pedestal. Right. And as somebody that knows they are complex, as somebody that knows they have many sides to them, all of the, which aren't like fuzzy and, um, warming all of that that you know, I can own up to I can be honest about I kind of feel like it doesn't give me the elasticity to be real and have a real connection and it kind of feels like we just fall into this performance uh, and you know what sis that is what I'm experiencing with the men because then they're coming back on the other side and saying oh well they're disillusioned now they're angry they went from being, oh, I love the girls. I love the trans women. I love you. I love goddesses. I love you. And it's definitely, like you said, it's an obsession. It's rooted in like come on, like a, an objectification. So then you, you love the ideal of trans women. You love what our bodies look like. You love the idea that you could have your, quote, unquote, as a lot of the men say, have your cake and eat it too. You live for this idea that you don't have to compromise and that this woman can pass and navigating life in a way that doesn't offend your masculinity. But on the flip side, you become jaded because now this woman who you deemed worthy don't want your ass. And I have to check a lot of egos with the men that I talk to sometimes because there are a lot of men out here that walk around thinking that because they like trans women, trans women should be grateful for the attention. And it's like, you don't have a pot, a window, a nothing for nobody to feel secure in. And not only that, you yourself don't even move like a man that's trying to get to know a girl because the idea that a girl just wants to be your friend is so repulsive to you that you don't even want to get to know her. So you don't want to get to know her if, if your dick ain't in her mouth. That's fucked up. So shout out to the men out there that are now coming to the awareness that you don't want to run from what you like. But just because you just recently decided don't mean that I now have to recently decide to be with you because you deem me worthy. And unlike a lot of relationships in the world, as trans women, Sex for us hits a little different. We've experienced sex in different ways. There's a lot of trauma associated with it. And even if there's not trauma, in a lot of ways, because we're commodified creatures, we're we're objectified creatures, we're sex objects to people. Honey, listen, you're not going to fuck me into loving you. You're just not. So let's be friends. And a lot of guys hear that friend. And that's why I say imagine in the friend zone because a lot of guys hear friends and then they immediately get disillusioned. Oh, she playing games. She want me to spend time with her, but she don't want to promise me nothing. She want me to take her out and I'm not even going to get none. It's like, yes, nigga. That's what the fuck a friendship is, is you getting to know somebody without expectation. Not saying you got to spend money. Y'all can go Dutch. Y'all can hang out. It's not the money grab. But a lot of men just are not willing to accept a, pl- a relationship that doesn't end in their dick getting wet. And that's sad. Right. And, and I know definitely, well, my goal is we're not going out, period, until these numbers go down. That's one. But two, that's like, hard. I really want to get to know 
you know, tell somebody about me, me know about somebody, and it be genuine. And it doesn't like, yeah, we might be attractive to each other, but I, re- I need to get to know you so then I can make those assessments about your character, your upbringing, to, or your background to see if you are the type of person that I would even want to be in a relationship with, rather than just having sex with you and working backwards and then gagging when I find out some other stuff. And then, but because I created a soul tie through having I end up staying longer than I, I should have ever stayed. Right. So I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, like I said, I don't know how long this window will be open where I want to talk to guys, but you know, I'm you know I'm interested in talking and getting to know people. But I didn't think, I didn't think it would be like this hard to get to um, know people. But I'm not discouraged. It's definitely a process, and like I said, I'm not looking to be in a relationship just only because it's so many changing variables in my life, mainly because of work. Um, so I don't want to, you know, be co- like lock anything down or be serious but i am open to talk to people to get to know people and to let people get to know me like it's more it's more to me than just a passable picture uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I, think, I think that's the thing that i want to get across to men the most yeah yeah i look how i look but there's a human being behind the picture that you know, I'm willing to be honest, and I'm willing to share, you know, with the right people. So, it, it, I don't know. It's it's been it's been a journey, honey. It's been a journey. So, I guess going on to our next topic. Since we we have a we have a selection of topics, what's, we what's, do. So let's let's lighten it up and go. Speaking of bum ass niggas, um, I want to do the Summer Walker story, sis. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so just one week after going public with her pregnancy, Summer Walker has slammed the father of her child. And this article is according to the Daily Mail. And for those of you who want to look it up, you welcome to go to her um her Instagram. It's probably still up. The 24-year-old singer, songwriter, is currently expecting by the 29-year-old London Tyler Holmes, a.k.a. London on the track. She fired up her Insta stories this Friday and wrote, I should really out his bum ass, this bum ass nigga, and I could really F up his life. The mother-to-be goes on to say, LOL, but I'm not, and then added, for now. Continuing on to say, I'ma just just take my L and then a whole bitch. And there's more that she said, and she went on to call her her father, when it comes to being a father, her grandfather was lame, her father was lame, and this nigga's lame. She vamped, LOL, and I guess the cycle will just continue. In another post archive on the Shade Room's Instagram account, she said, I guess niggas is still dealing with the shackles of men of slavery or some shit back when white men ripped you from your families and beat you to death if you tried to protect them. It goes, it goes deep. Shit really sad. And then she went on to call his baby mamas and everybody ghetto, and it was just a lot going on. So um, I just want to put into the space first that shout out to Summer Walker for being pregnant. Congratulations, sis. However, what makes this story an additional complication for me is she 
was actively battling his baby mamas and made comments that were very disparaging about their finances and how broke they was. And she was taking London on the track side. And at one point he had, she had, um, was with him while he had three active child support and custody cases going on three separate cases and she was defending him and going at his baby mamas and really like making them out to be dumb women that made poor decisions and painting herself as the successful girl that y'all are hating on. And Summer Walker herself is somebody that I just think needs to really just chill a minute in life. Um, in general, I feel like some of the stuff that she said in the past, particularly about the homeless, she said things about LGBT folk in the past. She said things about about mothers and, and how to properly feed your child. And that bitch ain't never had one. I mean, she's, she's pregnant now. Shout out to her. And that's why I started with that. But Summer Walker, just if you do ever listen to this podcast, I want you to know you are a beautiful young lady that is very talented. You suffer from a social anxiety that already complicates your already complicated career. And now that you've fallen out with your producer, bitch, I suggest you tread lightly on judging other hoes about money. Um, speaking particularly to you as a young mother, you're really going to regret and look back at this moment in your life when you're talking shit about these other women. And now that this has happened to you, you're trashing that same nigga. You're going to look back on that. And finally, sis, your own decisions are yours. And unfortunately, you made the same decisions that those other women made that you judged. And now you're joining the family. So though you did this whole fuck this nigga montage online, you're trashing your baby's father. And those other children of those other women you were judging are now your stepchildren. And they're now the children, the brothers and sisters of your child. So congrats, sis. You signed up for this life and you deserve it. Sis, what do you think, Brianna? I mean, Aeon, what do you think, girl? You know, I really like Summer Walker's mu music, and it really pains me to see her acting like a bird. But it's just like, <laughs> like sis, you got like again, you made poor decisions, and now you're in this. And she was the same one, like that was this summer. Like she had something to say about one of Future's baby mamas. Yes, saying how like how could you sue him and. Um, like, how did you get in a situation? And then not even a whole year later, sis, you're literally in the same situation. It's just like, like, how did you come out last year as, like, one of the most, like, anticipated, hyped-up R&B singers that we've been excited about in a long time? You had a good album. Like, you're the it girl, and like we just make these poor decisions. Us. Like it's uh, over, like over a dude who has shown that he makes poor decisions from his first three kids instead of baby mamas. Like, not, not to mention these kids are all very young, right? And it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't and then let's get into like the deeper narrative of this. Like, and this is something that this is a shout out to all of you young women, and shout out to you older women that still believe this foolishness. 
you don't need to be with somebody in your life that adds additional unnecessary complications that fuck up your flow. Because essentially, if you're hanging around low vibrational people, then you yourself are low vibration. And I, I, I hate to see people that were one minute talking about how their spouse or their loved one or their boyfriend was everything, girl. I live for him. He's everything, girl. Oh my God, he does all this for me and that for me and other you bitches. All you other bitches is hating and y'all jealous and y'all wish y'all had him. She was giving all of those things to his other baby mamas. And then now, girl, you gotta bet you're pregnant by him and he done acted up, obviously probably cheated on her. That's why she all on the computer being in her fields. And she's now trashing this man. And it's like, but you still are doing it in a way that is ugly and nasty because you're making it a money thing. Because she goes on to say, I, well, at least I can afford my baby. As if these other women are somehow less than her because they, both, they all chose to have babies with this bum ass nigga. Like at the end of the day, and this is shout out to all of the children involved because y'all too young to hear. But for the adults that are listening, y'all are your own biggest problems. And the biggest thing that bothers me most about this more than anything is the idea that this also this young girl, as successful as she is, as talented as she is, felt like she needed to be with this nigga through it all and clean up. Even in her narrative, she says, I tried to get y'all together and I tried to make peace with the baby mamas and y'all was hating on me. I mean, she, y'all can read it. I'm summarizing, but y'all, she really went in and like, you really hear that and you go, so you really at 25 years old thought this was going to be life for you, that you really were willing to do this. And this is just, like I said, shout out to the young women and the older women who still believe this dumb shit. You don't have to just tolerate any old thing. Like, what the fuck? Like, this man has showed her so many times he wasn't shit. They've even fallen out on the computer before, and she took his ass right back. Round and round the time that her album dropped, he acted up on her ass, and she did that. So it's just like, what What now? How are now are we supposed to feel sympathy, especially when you go on Galacta Whore to tell people you that bitch? Like, if you that bitch, then be that bitch. All I got to say is this. By the way, Galacta Whore is her tag, her tag people. I didn't say her. Yeah, all I gotta say is this: condoms are just not for the LGBTQ community. Oh, they're also for sisters. Even though y'all don't believe that they are, (laughs) in this situation, could have been avoided. And I, I, Summer, put this in your next album. Let's just move on. Like, this next album, sis, I want to hear all about it. That's where I want to hear about it, Summer. Not on the timeline, girl. Yeah, but you you have you have too much success and fame to be acting like a bird, sis. Like that, like it it didn't have to be this way. It's this way. Just just take the L. Take also, it. shut the fuck up. Like, can she just sit down a minute? Like, I just want to tell her that. Like, I feel like she feels like she has to discuss everything that's going on, and I know that's the indicative of the generation. But make her being a celebrity, where what are her publicists doing? They all need to be fired. Like make music, sis. Like this, this, like this. This is not it. Like this situation could have because y'all broke up like every other week. It's just like, girl. Yeah. And girl. then on a deeper level too, it's really sick to me because I'm like, I really wanna, I really want the people around her to not stop watching her implode and not say nothing. Like every other week, this woman is on the news or in trouble for something that's coming out of her mouth on the computer. Add to the fact that she claims to have a social, and, I, and I'm not, and I'm saying claim because I don't know how that worked for her, and I don't know her personally. But she claims to have, like, social anxiety, meanwhile, attracting all the attention on the world for the worst reasons. And it's just like, sis, 
your life don't have to be this hard, but you choose to. And the reason why people keep airing you out on the computer and the reason why you maybe didn't get any Grammy nods at all for your excellent work, which is Shade. Shout out to her for that. I do. I wish she would have gotten her awards, but I feel like her drama got in the way. Her, her drama got in the way. Like at a certain point, you talk bad about the homeless. You talk bad about like low income folks. You talk bad about mothers. You talk bad about other women. Like, Sis, this is not the way to, and then add to that, you know, you can't perform live. It's like, oh, sis, go sit down. I'm stories like this just make me happy to be trans, honey. That because <laughs> you could never trick me like that, girl. Or no, when I'm done with a man, I can just be done and move on with my life, and I don't have to worry about being bonded for life because I slipped up and got pregnant. So I just, you know, stories like this makes me, you know. You know, God knew what he was doing. So. Okay, because I would have many baby daddies. Right, we, we're, yeah. gonna, we're gonna we're gonna thank God for the blessing that Summer Walker is, honey. Bless her child, and move on to the next topic, honey. Yes, well, God bless you, Summer. We love you. Um, and I'm sorry again about you not getting your Grammy nominations. I that was shade, and also fuck the Grammys for not nominating any woman with her and all these other wonderful artists that put out albums this year. There was not one woman, period, of any color nominated in R&B at all. And so, fuck you for that, Grammys. I just want to put that out there. Um, yes, girl. So, the, I think we should, I think we can move on to our next topic. I want to, I think we should talk about, um, I know we wanted to talk about Chasing Atlanta, sis, and I know that's your wheelhouse. So, let's talk about it, girl. What, um, what, what's going on in Chasing Atlanta? So last week's episode was the the fight that we were all waiting for. So I'm just going I'm just going to skip past the other four, the storylines and get to the fight. Okay. So Troy had a birthday party that was being hosted by Oliver, which was weird. They had a they had a birthday no a birthday brunch where the plates where the guests had to pay thirty dollars for their plate, which. I'm just if you're inviting me to a party, bitch, I'm not paying for a $30 plate of food. Like, girl, I will smooth come in there with my bag from McDonald's, girl, and keep it moving. But anyway. So but you know, I had a party that was like that. I don't know, girl. I I I do feel like if you're gonna invite me, you should handle a catering or just have it at a restaurant. But 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 I will say that is kind of how the restaurants do it with large parties now. So no shade, it may not have been something that. They, well, um, they weren't even at a restaurant. They were at like a little mini event house, whatever. So they had the event and Troy's whole thing is he's insisting that everybody has to come together and work through their problems and all of this other stuff, which I think is the dumbest idea. You can't make people that are beefing with each other get along if they're going through something. But yeah, that cool by y'all shit is the bird sometimes. That's beside the point. So the whole cast is there, minus Q and Lauren. Um, Lauren sent uh, edible arrangements to Oliver, um, saying that at last minute she had to back out because she had to do K. Michelle's hair, which they all dragged her for. And said, like, sister, that's your only celebrity client? Because this is not the first time you've used that excuse. So the, con- so the conversation, so... When Oliver and Q didn't show up, it made um, Lil' Kendra go off because she specifically wanted to get her issues with them on the table. 
out on the table and see them. So she was mad that they didn't show up. So Oliver comes in and was like, well, I'm not saying I'm not in bad with data how you feel, but can we not like let's not have that energy right now? This is Troy's birthday. So that instantly infuriated Kendra, who she can't I love you, Kendra, sis, but you came in there re- wanting to, ready to fight. And I'm I can say that girl because I've been in situations where w- the energy that I brought into the you room. You felt that energy, you understood that energy, sis. I understood it. It was a rumbling energy. Yeah. So Kendra and Oliver go back and forth and Kendra takes off her sh- so then Oliver goes into saying that she should be ashamed of herself. No, she's a mess. And so, you know, that got Kendra up and she took off her shoes and started screaming and yelling. So then Kendra got escorted to the bathroom that producer's trying to calm her down. So then she gets back up. She calms down enough to come back to the table. Her and Oliver get into it again. So then she rolls up. She, mind you, she's sitting across, not directly across from Oliver, but kind of a few seats down, but across the table from Oliver. She gets up, comes out. They're like these little plastic bowls. She, no, she um, flung a plate at him, hit him in the face. So in response to that, Troy has a water bottle hits Kendra with the water bottle. So in response, um, Wayne the Pain gets, runs around the table and starts swinging on Troy, um, two pieces Troy. And then, girl, that's when all hell broke loose. Troy's friend jumped in and um, did, started the fight. And then all I know is the whole scene ended with Kendra picking up one of them like metal chairs, taking it and throwing it at the front, Troy's friend who jumped in the fight and it, the chair hit him. And girl, ugh, g- g- it was entertaining, girl, but it's just like chasing Atlanta. How are y'all letting it get to this point? Bump, how are y'all getting to this point? Do y'all have, and this is the lawyer in me talking. Do y'all have any insurance for when somebody like really gets hurt and, and, you have, and they end up suing the shit out of you? <laughs> right. <laughs> you let me get hit with a chair, bitch. They're not going to civilly sue Kendra, girl. Kendra doesn't have money. Like, not I'm much production that allowed Kendra to be there without security, bitch. They're going to come after chasing reality. So, like, like uh, girl, it was. You just see a black owned business about to go down the toilet, bitch. <laughs> I, I love and Andario. I don't know if y'all listen to the show. I know we're connected on Facebook. I love y'all so, and then y'all didn't have no security there. Yeah. I don't. Uh. Yeah, like so, what you what, what a lot of these shows don't realize, and then, and this is going to be the downfall for this show, is that part of the big thing with these like big TV shows is that they spend a lot of money on Love and Hip Hop and these other shows on security. And there's a reason why, like, post-Jerry Springer back in the day, you don't see people running into each other and, like, beating the fuck out of each other. Because there's a duty when you bring volatile characters together for the purposes of production and they're being, like, agents of your company while they're, while they're there. You have a duty to protect them, even from each other. And, like, y'all are setting them up in these emotionally charged situations where you know violence is occurring and somehow the cameras don't cut off. Like, it's not like if the, if the fighting did happen, you were turning away so that it wouldn't be a part of production and then you dock people's pay <laughs> or there was some type of, <clears throat> there was some type of repercussion. 
<laughs> excuse me, y'all, there was some type of repercussion. But th- in this situation, they're like entertaining it, almost goading it on, lighting a match, putting the people together, recording it. And then as people are getting their ass beat, bitch, it only takes one person for somebody to be like, you know what? How y'all record her throw that chair at me, but no one took the chair out of her hand? Like, production was in the building. Why? Why? Where were y'all? And, like, I get it. That's not y'all's job, but that's why the fuck you hire security. And I don't know. Like you say, sis, I don't know what kind of insurance they have, but it must be fierce, mama. Because, bitch, I, ain't no way in hell you got grown-ups beating on each other like that. I was disappointed in Kendra a little. I'm going to keep it real. And Kendra, <laughs> shout out to you. We know you listen to the show. But, sis, she was turned. And, like, you have to be able to realize that, like, your emotions have to be, like, you have a vibe. Just because you have a valid reason to feel your emotion doesn't mean those emotions can run unchecked and put you in a light where you're less than acting like the lady we know you to be. Like, we know you to be a businesswoman and a hustler with businesses and shit going on. Don't let these gay boys and this and this drama between them become the thing that defines you. And right now, you're coming off real angry, sis. No shade. Yeah, I don't, like... I get it, girl. I get why you wanted to swing on Oliver. Oliver, she runs her mouth too much. And there's too much bumping of the gums. And for the girls, we just don't like that. Like, that's that's a trigger for us. Verbal shit is the way that it's really You know what you say? They're trying to sit up there and act like, well, I don't know. Yeah, what? and that's another thing. Nobody, no, the, we don't do gaslighting as a community. Right. Like, you know you are shit. And I don't care if you work with T.S. Madison, like, you know what you know how Judy your mouth is and you get up on them and like this is my thing if you want to be that type of girl that has all that mouth be ready to fight because you know it's coming because that that's the territory you're playing in but like Kendra sis sis not so much girl like we we gotta we gotta we gotta have some self-control and this is not for like for the sake of you being respectable or you I get mad, call a bitch out, but like sis, we could we could you could no shit, you, you and Wayne could have just picked up and left. Cause I think what you're trying to get from Oliver or the cast, you they will never give it to you. And that's it, sis. What hurts me with Kendra's situation more than anything, as I see so badly, she wants a reverence and a respect from people that will never give it to her. And I feel like, unfortunately for Kendra, and while I do want her to be on the show, maybe the show isn't good for her mental health if it's carrying her that fast where she can't even record and like get a, cause you know, all the reality shows hire people because of the contention. Like nobody wants a show where everybody getting along. We, we stop watching those. Those are the boring ones that don't last. But the ones that have drama is fine. But the idea that her emotions can't get to the place where she can even do a shady scene with reads and stuff. Like, it's got to escalate to, you know, you in tears screaming at folks. And it's just like, I get it. I get that we're very passionate people that's affected. But on the low, I think she's better than what they, how, how she's being shown. But unfortunately, she's given them more than enough ammunition with her inability to just kind of like ground herself. Like, when you know you go into these recordings, you know it's going to be shady and Oliver is going to be there. So, sis, this isn't like in the street where you can have on-site beefs. Like, you have to actually know that this is my job and these people are going to be there and conflict resolution and just plain common damn sense should kick in at a certain point and go, you know what? These queens are not going to see me turn up today. I just had an episode the previous week where I showcased my um, 
my talents and I had this whole showcase and they did a build out for me and it was cute. Like, let me coast on that energy and not put myself in situations where it's going to be fucked up. Now we know she don't control the editing and the sequence of how events happen or whatever and how it comes out. But you got to know that when you signing up for this, you're going to have to speak to Oliver. And that when I show up to this event, you know, production told her Oliver was going to be there. And, you know, before the cameras were turned on, they had to get the lighting right and things had to happen. So, like, you know, it's not as spontaneous as, as the show tries to make it seem because that's edited. So then I'm looking like, well, sis, like, how are you allowing yourself to be gaslit into this scenario every fucking time? Right. Like at the Christmas party, I was already like, okay, sis, you've had the conversation with him. He's never going to fucking ever really understand it. And to be honest, sis, you got to pay it. Like you got to pay. Like after the way they, they almost came to blows then, I was like, oh, yeah, sis going to have to pay that. So then the idea that now it's like you've gotten into this altercation. And, and, and this isn't about respectability. Like you said, I also feel bad because I feel like sis is putting herself in these situations while you can fight one person, I hate the idea that, you know, some of her actions could escalate an encounter that will, will allow her to get beat up. And there's some girls that will say, oh, ain't nobody finna beat my ass. Honey, you don't know who's gonna beat your ass. And these are men at the end of the day. Right. And we know that black men in general, gay, cis, not, or whatever, we know black men in general have an issue with anger. And like, while these men should not be able to bully you, you should be able to defend yourself, sis. It can't come to blows. And like she has to be and I, and I honestly feel that way, and it's unfortunate. But in this society, as a woman, you responsible for making sure that your situations that you're in don't put yourself in danger in the, in your in your desire to make a point. That's what I really want. I want her to just be like a little more self-care. Like, sis, stop turning up like that. Like you, the energy she brought to the room meant it had to escalate. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. girl, it was no turn down energy at all. No, but I, I hope that she's able to. I will give her grace. I hope that she's able to grow from the situation. I am looking from better from her. From her, and you know, we all have a weak moment. It it, it just happened that her weak moment got caught on camera. Yes, and you know what? It's still like air, we rise, bitch. We rise, we rise, we rise. So nobody's shading you, Kendra, like on some, oh, you was fucked up. I'm just saying don't be so gullible. Don't fall for it because they're getting clicks and likes. Like literally, this show is getting attention off your back, but it's not because you're looking like the woman that I think you think you're looking like. You're not looking like the boss bitch you think you are. The standing by the trash can, burning up shit. Like, girl, that's not, it's not giving same tease. And, and and that's partially because you're giving them this ammunition to paint you in this way. So w- focus on that, sis. Your image is bigger than these queens. Don't let them drag you into hell like that. We love you and we want you to win. But like, girl, it really stresses me to see that they're carrying you. They shouldn't even have that kind of co- emotional control. Right. But all in all, it was a very um, entertaining episode. I will definitely be watching to see how it plays out. Um, this coming Wednesday, and we love you, Kendra. Keep love you. being great. So, going into our next topic, did you want to do Elliot or did you want to do Laverne? Let's 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 do Elliot first because I feel like it's quicker. And end off with Laverne, and then end off with Laverne. So today it was announced that Elliot. Elliot Page, who was formerly known as Ellen Page, 
um, identifies as a transgender person and that they'll be, that um, he'll be transitioning. And we just want to say, we just want to offer our support and just offer our congratulations, I guess, with just being, deciding to use your platform to be, to let us, to let us into your life and be open about this personal decision. Um, Elliot, who currently stars in Umbrella Academy, which I need to watch from, I've been meaning to watch it for the longest time. Yes, and you might also know him from Juno and X-Men Days of Future Past. Right. So shout out to Elliot. Uh, I know you had a particular um, thing you wanted to tease out about the story. Yes, 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 yes. So what I was seeing online, particularly from, you know, of course, you know, as people in community, as people come out, you know, then the question becomes from your cis friends, well, what do you think about it? And what do you, how do you, what do you think about the idea that um, Elliot, he's, he, his transition was like, he, when he announced his transition, he announced that he, he prefers he pronouns or they, them, he, him, or they, them. And, you know, I know the non-binary language is something that is newer and it's something that is triggering to even some members in community because it, it implies that there's like, this person is not wanting to make a choice in what they want. However, and, and in community, I feel like we need to stop trying to gatekeep. Like, I think we all have a beginning, a middle and an end. And everybody's beginning, a middle and end is not going to be the same destination. I do believe that the the issues and, and issues and struggles of transsexual identified individuals are going to be different from somebody that doesn't choose to to accept the gender norm and it because of how it shows up in the space, how people receive you, whether or not there's documents changing and surgeries, like all of that stuff does change the struggles and the way that you go about your transition. However, in this case, Elliot said he him and then they them and i just feel like i just remember and for those all of us should remember that we had a beginning and in the beginning of our transitions it wasn't always easy sometimes to be able to fully define everything that this is going to mean in 10 years or five years from now you don't know that when you start you just know that you have to change and that you're not who you who people think you are. And for some of us, even if you know who you are, like for example, in this situation, I think Elliot is masculine of center. Why? Because he chose he as the lead in pronoun and then said they and them also. Now, I do believe that they and them is a term that could be ambiguous and it's used a lot in community and it frustrates people. And we have famous trans actors and actresses that that use they them and that confuses people because they don't they just don't understand how one person can be plural and all of those things all of those concerns are not what matters here what matters the most is that my cis friends were hitting me up asking me as a trans person how i felt and what i honestly felt about elliot was one it's hard being trans it's hard coming out about your truth it's hard defining it for people because immediately this is one of the few things that once you say i'm trans it doesn't fully explain if you say i'm gay people get where you're coming from if you say i'm lesbian people kind of understand what but trans still leaves so many options that are able to be selected and i just respect that elliot decided one by the fact that he selected a male name elliot 
and then Elliot wants to identify with he pronoun. I feel like the they them, while I could be completely wrong, and I, you know, I feel free to, you know, I feel free to be corrected. But I do believe that sometimes in the beginning of transition, you can say they them, and I'm not non-binary because it's hard to look your family and loved ones and coworkers and your employers and all these people in the eye and say I'm a man now. I'm a man actually limits so many other things. It closes so many doors. And for a lot of trans folk, it's easier in the beginning to say my pronoun is he, but you can call me X, Y, Z. It's the little concessions that we make to get social grace. So we're respected in the beginning. But I ultimately believe that Elliot, who chose a male name and, and, and wanted to go by a male pronoun, will eventually probably just say, I'm a man. But we don't live in a world where that process is easy. So that's why, you know, you have people doing these, like maybe what you would call like a soft come out, almost in the way a gay person would come out as bi-curious and maybe bisexual. Some trans people actually do go through that process where they come out as non-binary. And then as they begin to live and experience, they decide to, to, to the, you know, that, that they do feel that like in this case, his masculine on the center side may take over and that may be who the, he decide he is. But the idea that he chose Elliot and that he is his name just to me indicates that this is somebody that is masculine of center that may be giving grace to people around him to go through the process with him. What do you think, sis? Um, yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I think he should have... All of this is speculation, by the way, yeah. Right. Like, he he should have the... He should have the the space to define how he wants to engage with people. So, and we we, we have to stop acting like trans... We need to acknowledge that transitioning is a process. And you might feel different from day to, to day, and we we specifically the trans community we have got to evolve out of um existing in these harsh binaries and dropping these gatekeeper narratives like the idea that you can't say you're one of us if you don't meet all of these requirements that's horrible and that doesn't it's not the truth because the truth of the matter is before you ever had a surgery before you ever took on a title or a name you had your truth and your truth is yours and no one can define your truth. So then the idea that the community is trying to come up with this collective truth that we're applying to everyone is stupid to me. And we, we, we are directly our recipients of a culture that tries to tell us who we are and we buck the system. So if you buck the system, who am I to tell you how to do that and what that looks like? Right, right. We, your truth is yours. We need to give each other space to really explore our gender and to self-actualize and self-determine what feels good for us what feels comfortable for us uh and this is somebody who's clearly well we well we don't know yet i'm just assuming they're very early in their physical and social transition so we like and just things can change things that like you said he might get to a point where he just only wants to be referred to with he pronouns and when we get to that point we have to respect it Exactly. But I I think my friend was asking me, what did I think? And was I offended that he didn't just say outright? And I'm like, no, because gender is a process. And like at the end of the day, the idea that he's already went out of his way to say, I will accept he and I will accept my and I changed my name to a male, a male name. The idea and in none of the options that he gave for pronouns was she even an option. Right. So then this is. 
So then that tells me that this is someone that is trying to make a choice and they're wanting people to come along for the ride and they're doing it in a way so that it doesn't alienate people. That's what I get. And what's, what's not offensive is somebody whose transition looks different than mine. What's offensive is a society that makes it hard for us to transition and do so safely, period. Like that's and a society that tries to define what that looks like and how it could go. Right. That like that somebody who may be and really with that with that really kind of brings up is the fact that gender nonconforming or non-binary people are making it harder for trans people because they're because they're they're showing that we don't take our transition seriously when really it's not about non-binary people or gender non-conforming people making cis people uncomfortable it's the fact that is the fact that society is transphobic, phobic, excuse me, transphobic, period. Mm-hmm. And one gender nonconforming person is not, like if somebody is going to be transphobic, they're just going to be transphobic whether you're gender nonconforming or non-binary or whether you're cis person. Exactly. And you know what, too? I think we as a community need to check our own internalized transphobia because there's a, there's a way in which sometimes our proximity to what we consider um, privilege, meaning I've gone through this process and now I am this and you're not what I am. Sometimes your proximity to privilege and the idea that you've had access to this time and energy and awareness that allow you to get to who you are can cause you to lose empathy for people who are not in your, sh- in your shoes and lose empathy for the fact that this journey and actually saying to the world, I'm not who you thought I was, I am this person, and you will respect me, is one of the hardest things a human being can do. And I, I think it's fucked up that as trans people, we play into this like narrative that you were representing me by the, at your actions. That's just like a Black person saying, Clarence Thomas made me look bad. Well, Clarence Thomas made himself look bad by being a Black person that has done some anti-Black things and has treated Black women in a way that is reprehensible in his past. But he doesn't define me as a human being. And I don't take it personally that every time a black person does something that they are doing something that represents me because I don't agree with what they're doing that it makes me look bad. That is not the case and that's not how life works. And, if, and to be real for some of the girls judging the non-binary folks and judging the folks that are gender non-conforming, if you was as real as you said you were, sis, no one would ever make the comparison. But the idea that you feel like you've reached this privileged place of passability or whatever, or surgery or whatever you feel like you've reached and you can look back on other people and you're, and you're still choosing to say they define you means that you yourself see more in line with them than you want to acknowledge. You see yourself in these other people. Because at the end of the day, somebody can't define me unless I allow it to define me. And I don't take offense when people make decisions about their transition that aren't that what I did for mine. And like as a community, as some of our leaders, y'all are horrible. Y'all are really fucking terrible at the way y'all make young transitioners or people that don't have the resources or the desire necessarily to become transsexuals. You judge them so harshly as if that process isn't something that is different for everyone and they may eventually get there. But you don't allow them the opportunity for growth because you cut them off and you condemn them. And like, I just hate that. And I wish that as a community, we would stop doing that because that is 
just as oppressive and toxic as this assimilationist narrative that affects all people of color. The idea that if you don't do it the way that's acceptable, the way that society's willing to accept and that I'm willing to accept, there's something's wrong with you. And that's not what this whole fucking thing is. We all did this because we understood we were something different. And for us, it just so happened that a binary works, but that doesn't work for everyone. So shout out to Elliot Page. Shout out to you for this journey and this process and this life. I am so proud of you, sir. And I wish you well. Congratulations. Congratulations. The best is yet to come. Yeah. So our last story today, uh, we wanted we wanted to talk about La- Laverne Cox and the um, attack that she um, endured um, just a couple of days ago. Uh, so now I have an article pulled up, sis. Did you wanna? Did you have one? No, I ha- yeah, I have it pulled up. Good. So this article that came out today. Laverne Cox said she and a friend were targeted in a transphobic attack in Los Angeles Park over the weekend. In the Instagram video, Cox said she was walking with her friend in Griffith Park on Saturday when a man approached them and aggressively asked for the time. The friend that the friend that I I'm with looks at his watch and tells him the time, and then the guy asks for the time. The ex for the time says to my friend, guy or girl, Cox said. My friend says, F off. All of a sudden, the man physically began physically attacking her friend. Cox then called 911, but the man had already fled the scene, so she put her phone away. The guy really wanted me to answer so that he could spook whether I'm trans or not, Cox said. I don't know why. I don't know why it matters. At the end of the day, it's like, who cares? I'm in a hoodie and yoga pants. I'm completely covered up. I got my mask on. Who cares if I'm trans? How does this affect your life? Um, wow. Well, shout out to, first of all, I want to give a big shout out to Laverne Cox. We love you. We apologize that we that that you had to go through that. But you know what, girl? We live in a world, unfortunately, where that is a reality. And that's why every day we're on this platform. And, and that's why even on your platform, Laverne, I know you've talked about it. Trans violence is real, sis. Damn, damn, damn. I'm sorry for you. Yeah, so we, we're definitely happy that Laverne is safe, at least physically. Um, and also we're happy that she's able to, not only is she safe, but she's able to share her story. And a shout out for the friend. You called an L for your friend. And I, and I want to say, you know, that's allyship. Sounds like that friend really was a friend in that moment when he could have, you know, not said anything. He said, fuck off. And unfortunately, it led to his beating. And, you know, she didn't get the chance to call 911, but hopefully she does go back and file a case because there may be cameras somewhere. I mean, if she was truly, I mean, no, no, no. I'm not saying if she was truly attacked. I'm saying if, if, if this man is out there running the streets after he attacked her, then I feel like he's still a threat to society. And I, I, I do hope that they investigate and look at cameras to see who this was and where he might have went because that's scary that there's a predator in that area I'm looking for trans people to identify and attack yeah and I think I think the story is just it just shows that no matter visibility the visibility of like high profile trans folks you know it doesn't it doesn't keep us safe like and and this is a theme that I'm always mindful of like no matter how high people may appear or um, how many high profile stuff that um, folks, particularly black trans women are doing and 
the strides that we're making and the gains that we're making for community and for ourselves individually. The re- the harsh reality is that as trans people, we are still it's still a high risk for us to be attacked for just living our lives and being who we are, no matter what TV screens you appeared on, no matter like what you know what high power people that you know you're next to because we're trans and because of the lack of protections and the the hatred and vitriol for who for us um living our lives and just existing you know there's a there's a high possibility for us to be attacked so i say that to say that you know we still have a lot more work to do like we still have a lot more work to do um we still have like we need safety we need we need protection at all levels um and you know i don't i don't want to scare anybody or um make anybody fearful to go outside but the reality is that visibility while it's great it doesn't save us it doesn't save us it doesn't that's that's only a small piece of us doing the work to really liberate our communities and i think it starts with um i think it starts with it starts systemically it starts institutionally but it starts with laws that center our lives center our experiences and protect us and to protect us in a way where we can go out and participate in society and not be in fear of being attacked because like what what the attack what that attack communicates or what any transphobic um negative interaction communicates is you're not welcome here in society and that's the deeper issue is like the idea that for some people it's not enough that we don't have the same rights as them it's not enough that we have a lack of access to education it's not enough that we don't have the same medical care it's not enough that you know we're we're more times likely to die that our life expectancy is 35 35 all of these things it's not enough that we're some of the most oppressed human beings on the planet it's not enough they want us to literally not fucking exist Right, and, and it just speaks to this how transphobia can get so deeply rooted in a population and in a people that there, there are people that at the sight at the idea that someone could be could just could be trans it's enough to drive them to a violent rage and there is this narrative a lot of times in community and in the world that when a trans person gets attacked what did you do when I think about in my life, when I when I did, because you know there were there are some people that may say, well, why didn't she continue to call the police in that moment? But I've not known the police to necessarily be the best in those moments. Let's just keep it a hundred. I try not to call the police as a black person, period, but also as a black trans person, unless I absolutely need them for life rendering care and or to save my life or for whatever and part of that is because we live in a world where the police are beating our children where there are new videos of police attacking a teenager on his parents steps where there are people in this world that know about brianna taylor and george floyd and all these other people like the police are not our friends necessarily and so i know what it is as laverne to be in a situation where you're like is it worth it in the moment for me to involve the law in something that at this point I, it's my word against, even if they were to find the person, it's my word against theirs. And in a lot of cases, that is not, that's not something that, that works out in our favor. Um, so I, I just want to put that out there too, because I know there are people that will hear, well, why didn't you escalate? 
well, escalation doesn't always work. I remember when I was attacked, the police actually came to me and were concerned and were so like invested until they saw my ID. When they asked for my ID, then they immediately changed from, oh, you're a man. Well, then what did you do? What did you do? Did you hit on him? Did you try to talk? Did you try to talk to him? And it was just in like the idea that in these officers' mind that yeah, it would be okay for him to have beat your ass if you spoke to him. Yeah, it would have been okay for him to beat your ass if you had come on to him, as if any of those things warrant a beating. But because of my existence, there are people that just don't want to see me live, period. And the cops are not necessarily the, uh, the people that are going to be the most evolved. They're not conflict resolvers. We know them to be escalators. So shout out to her for making that choice, and I understand it. And a lot of times when, when non-minorities or when minorities with more privilege hear these stories, they'll look at parts of it to just try to dissect and to take apart, to discredit the trans woman or the trans man that's trying to tell their story. But in this case, this is a black trans woman that did what a lot of black people do and let it go. But she did use her power and her influence to bring awareness to the issue. And she did, you know, stand up for her friend by using her platform to talk about his, his assault. So shout out to Laverne and this is unfortunate sis and, and your friend and the communities that's connected to you. I know a lot of celebrities have come out in support with for her and that's good. And I think this does raise um, awareness for a larger issue regarding our safety. But sis, I know this is rough. Um, oh, Brianna, when you, when you first were telling me about this attack, I had seen it online, but I didn't really get into the details. I actually thought at first she was getting beaten and her friend was just watching. <laughs> but then I really, and, I, and, and, that, and, I, and I chuckled because initially I was so angry at the friend and I was really going to have a whole nother conversation on here about allies and how y'all be fucking up. But in this case, shout out to the ally. He actually, he actually came through. Go ahead. But I, I, I hate that we live in a world where we need people to defend our existence. And that's exactly what he had to do. He called a beating for trying to defend her existence. And that's fucked up. Right. But we're, we're sending positive energy to Laverne Cox. Um, and, you know, hope, hopefully, hoping that she'll be able to recover from this incident. And, um, so I think I think we I think we've done a show. I think so too. So guys, listen, 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 listen. We love all of your support, all of your patronage, all of your likes, all of your follows, all of the subscribes and even the donations. All of it has helped us be the people that we are today in this box number 512 podcast. We ask that you continue to go to our social media platforms at box number 512 on your social media platforms and like, follow, and subscribe. We also go ask that you go to our anchorfm.com and click on the donations tab and donate if you'd like to support a Black trans business. Brianna and I have come a long way on this journey and none of it will be possible without all of your patronage, love, and support. I see online and I know Brianna and I are always going back and forth and calling each other, sometimes in excitement about all of the different folks that are paying attention and following us. And we love you very, very much. And so this has been another episode and we ask that you pardon our progress as we start our new season coming up and, you know, look forward to all the new things, the Patreons, the expansion of the YouTube accounts, all of that jazz, like look forward to some big things next season. But this has been episode 35 of box number five. Actually 36. 36. 
six of box number 512 podcast black grown trans woman talk and i am one of your co-hosts the lioness and i'm ar see you guys next time bye thank you for listening to another episode of box number 512 podcast grown black trans woman talk don't forget to go to our anchor page to become a monthly sponsor and also feel free to like follow and subscribe to us on all of our social media platforms and also please don't forget to rate and review our podcast every comment matters and lastly please 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 follow and tune in for our live interactive facebook show every friday on facebook and youtube until next time i'm the lioness and i'm aeon bye